0: Welcome to the latest podcast from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. We're bringing you the latest updates and insights from the world of recruitment to help you navigate these challenging times.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the REC podcast. I'm Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive, and it's a pleasure to have you with us again. For what's an exciting edition of the pod, I'm delighted to be able to welcome a couple of uh, Real superstars of the recruitment world to the pod today. Bev White from Harvey Nash and Jeremy McGrail from the staffing group. We'll come to a discussion about what it's like to lead one of our biggest firms through uh, through a time like COVID-19 in a moment. But uh, just by way of a brief update from me, lots of work going on this week, of course, in terms of getting some of the details uh, right for you uh, in terms of how the job retention scheme works, particularly those questions around holiday pay accrual and uh, uh, how to accrue pay for people in umbrella companies. We're confident that there's uh, some additional guidance coming from government on that soon, but also looking at how we can support people through the local authority route. And one big piece of news from earlier in the week is that more money's been directed to local authorities to support those businesses who don't pay business rates perhaps because they're in a shared office so that long standing bit of REC advice about how to uh, about getting in touch with your local authority to see what routes to funding there are for you there stands especially for small and medium sized businesses uh, finally, we're raising the flag in all of the devolved nations, particularly around the fact that our recruiters in uh, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland don't have quite the level of support on things like business rates uh, that their colleagues in England have. And we had a, uh, quite a good media uh, morning this morning with, uh, with uh, BBC Radio Scotland and also some of the Scottish press about talking about the necessity of extending the business rates. Uh, the business rates uh, support to recruiters there. So a lot still going on. We're very aware though, that we're moving into the next phase of uh, the lockdown and that's beginning to think about how the economy will open up again. We published the uh, April report on jobs just this week, and uh, that shows, as you would expect, a very significant pause in both permanent and temporary hiring activity. That will unwind as the lockdown ends, but the pace of that is uh, is critically important. So we are focusing on the kind of health and safety support that you will need to open up your offices, having had access last week to uh, the government advice that's being prepared. But also thinking about some of the critical trading blockers like the uh, issues like credit insurance to make sure that we get as much of the market back as quickly as possible as we can. So do stay in touch with your REC on that. Have a look at the COVID Hub on the REC website. When you pop on there, you'll see we've given the place a a bit of redecoration. Uh, The new website hopefully will be easier for you to uh, manage and also gives access to more of your staff, which was an important thing you asked us for. Slightly different login process. If you do need any help with that, just get in touch. But let's turn now to the uh, main event of the day. And I'm delighted to welcome uh, Bev White from Harvey Nash and Jeremy McGrail from the staffing group to the pod. This is a discussion that I've wanted to have for some time, and I can't think of two better people to have it with, given the two companies that you're leading are in different places in the. in the market but experiencing uh, this uh, this storm at the same time. Bev, why don't uh, you kick us, uh, kick us off uh, today and welcome to the pod. When you had a, a, the very old experience of being very new uh, as the leader at Harvey Nash when this all kicked off, when it started, what were the things that were top of your agenda to make sure that you got the business in the right shape to deal with the storm that we faced?
0: Thanks very much, um, Neil. I'm absolutely thrilled to be on on this podcast with you guys. Um, So I think initially it was a a case of, you know, safety first. I think all of us um, around, you know, the industry have have echoed those points, you know, first and foremost. So getting people safely set up at home and and realising, I think initially in the early days, it was probably being at home and, and trying to work which quickly then morphed into, you know, real homeworking with all of the rigor um, that you would have as if you were, you know, in your office um, with your teams next to them day in, day out. Uh, And and that meant that we had to really ramp up our communications very, very quickly um, so that, you know, we started by saying whenever we had our team's calls, let's put video on. Um, because seeing people is a really human thing, um, and and being able to you know know that you're you're not on your own, um and just hearing you know somebody else's voice, but seeing their face was really important. And then we opened up all kinds of channels. Um we've created a, a YaMA platform across all of our countries, um fully joined up. Uh, which was great. We created a newsletter and the, the authors of that, that newsletter are all our people from around the world. Um, I I do a weekly podcast and some of that will be video and some of it will be written. Um, and, and then the rest of it was about having a, a daily exco, so all of my directors coming online together each day to share what was going on around the different parts of the British Isles, but also across the world so that we could, you know, really build on intelligence very, very quickly.
1: Thanks, Bev, And I think that that's a really telling place that you've chosen to start, because I think communication uh, from the leader seat is really important when you've got a large organisation to, uh, to steer and that almost over communicating, you know, that old business school saying about tell people it seven times in seven different ways. The the need to just make sure that people feel supported and get uh, and get uh, and get a clear message out there uh, to support both the continuation of the business and people's own health i think is uh it's super important and it's been reflected back to me by many people over the course of this jeremy how does that resonate f- uh, for you in terms of the uh, the actions you had to take at the staffing group
2: yeah hi neil glad to be here um yeah, very similar, really. I mean, we're, we're a, a UK-based business, so it was probably a little bit of a simpler process than Bev had to go through. But we, um, I mean, when when it first hit, we uh, I think everybody was quite surprised at the speed that it hit us. Um, and I think we probably all scrambled to uh, get a sense of understanding of, you know, moving people from office-based scenarios into home, home working. You know, a scramble to get kit, a, you know, a scramble to, um, to get the networks up and running. But, but as Bev said, I mean, you know, safety of your staff, the physical safety, the mental health of your staff, you know, has been absolutely critical through this. So communication, it, it, you know, is incredibly important. But what, what we certainly found in the first few weeks, that it was changing so quickly that, you know, the, 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 today's news was yesterday's chip paper so quickly but you know, it, 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 we, we do seem to have gone through a community. We, we have a, you know, we probably have two or three board meetings across the business every day. Um, everybody's completely in tune. Communications out to staff, um, filtering through. So, you know, I think it's absolutely critical that everybody in the organisation knows what we're trying to achieve. Really.
1: So we're talking very clearly there, Jeremy, about getting the organisation aligned, and that's very much where Bev was as well in terms of thinking about Harvey Nash globally. And clearly one of the benefits of that alignment is consistent message to clients. So Jeremy, in terms of that, that first phase, how were you interacting with clients to make sure that relationship was positive and supporting the business's performance?
2: Yeah, we, we very quickly drew up um, an action plan to distribute to clients and communicate as to what we were doing a for a for our um, critical central services that would allow us to function for the safety of our workforce the safety um, of the flexi workers we supply them with and obviously the working alongside their staff so i think one of the one of the things that we'll probably finish on today for me is you know at the end will be communication with clients because you know we're, we're all as people say you know we're all in it together you know we're all in it together and everybody's got to work their way way through this the clients some of our clients were ahead of the curve from us and, and and other clients are way behind so we've learned from clients and other clients have learned from us so i think that um the end result that we've got to where hopefully come come on sunday when we're told that you know some some of our clients and some of our offices may well look to reopen that through all the lessons that we've shared and obviously all the calls with you and with our peer groups that we're all going to be in a good position to uh, start the bounce back really but i think the communication with clients not only from um, what we certainly experienced in the early days when nobody really knew how bad the situation was going to be we were obviously talking with clients about payments. Clients, some clients were volunteering early payments to us, help with SSP because we've got more than two hundred and fifty employees. So they 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 understood the burden that we could face, the challenge there. So we had clients volunteering it to us. Um, so you know, all, all around, I think that uh, client communication has been absolutely critical, and, and will continue to be through this next phase.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. And that's a really interesting insight, because, of course, when we were uh, looking at uh, the first stage in some of the previous podcasts, I mean, it's fairly obvious for any business that in the scenario we faced in late March, you get get over your cash uh, pretty quickly and what your cash runway is. But that's a really interesting insight to how investing in your client relationships can can feed back into that that fundamental debate about cash and cash runway. Bev, in terms of Harvey Nash, um, how have your client discussions evolved during the period up to now and um, through the lockdown?
0: Yes, I mean listening to to Jeremy there can um, absolutely see that we've followed quite similar paths in in many ways. So I think, you know, we thought about all of the different stakeholder groups, clients being uh, one of those key groups. So reaching out to them in a variety of ways, you know, through their usual channels, uh, making sure that they knew, you know, we were here, we were able to still conduct the same level and quality of business as we always had done. That was the first important thing being in regular communication with them about any difficulties some of them might experience so that we open the conversation up quickly and get on top of it before it becomes a big issue. The other element was for us contractors and candidates as well. Um, so, you know, we were in and are in regular contact with them, but I think also looking to add some, you know, some value add. So, you know, we we partnered up with uh, an organisation um, and we've offered free training for um, our people, our candidates, and and our clients and contractors, um, at least for the next six months, so that people can continue to develop skills. Perhaps when you know they've got they don't have the uh, the need to do long commutes anymore, they can use that time wisely. So value add, as well as good clear communication, as Jeremy had said.
1: That's fascinating because I think there's a real um, kernel of something here that we've talked a lot about at the REC over the years and I know uh, Greg Savage who's done various business growth events with us over the the last few years has talked about which is really investing in that long-termism in your uh, work with your staff but also with your clients so you can shape the business to uh, to to evolving needs but also build on that kind of trust that is required to to have some of the discussions that Jeremy was talking about earlier so let's why do we why don't we uh, pivot on that point and 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 look forward now and Bev while you've got the microphone uh, you've got a significant global organization in Harvey and Ash Um, How do you get such a complex organisation with such a complex group of clients focused on what it needs to do next? You know, parking what the world looked like on February the 1st and thinking, well, what's the market that we're coming back to when the market comes back, as it seems like we might be on the verge of beginning to do?
0: It's interesting. We've fallen back on using some tools that perhaps we've not used for a while again. Um, So scenario planning. I think, given you know that it's really difficult for for most people now to really predict what might happen outside of a even a three month window, I think having different scenarios um planned out can be really helpful, especially as you kind of forecast your way through a rolling three month forecast. So that's what we've been doing. We've been thinking about you know what might the possible um, events uh, happen as we come back into um, more perhaps whatever the normal times are of the future, uh, but we've been using um, analysis of what our buying patterns are from our clients to help us understand, you know, what they're interested in at the moment and what would be helpful for them. I'll give you an example. So um, we're a solutions business as well as a technology recruiter. So we've discovered that in some markets, um, offshoring is actually becoming much more attractive. Um, and I, I suppose you know naturally, if you're now needing to run your business in a in a much more digital way, in a much more remote and distributed way, perhaps you know running your own technology platforms and your own data centers is perhaps less attractive. So you know, therefore, uh, we're we're thinking about how we put more effort in certain markets into promoting those services, um, uh, and then in then in, in others, you know, more. Flexible um, workforces at the moment are more attractive than perhaps permanent hires. So, we're able to kind of switch our attention to promoting some of those um, methods to help our clients perhaps continue to do the work they need to do, but without the commitment at this stage to a long term um, relationship with an employee. So, those are the kind of things that we've been doing to kind of plan our way forward knowing that you know outside of a three-month window right now it's hard to see further than that
1: so i think that's really interesting bev in terms of being led by buying behavior and thinking about how you support clients and candidates to to find their path through this period and certainly we've seen uh on the client side a more robust um sense of commitment to temp uh, at the moment for exactly the reasons that you set out jeremy um bev set out there the kind of processes that she and the team at harvey nash are using in their business how does that reflect um what you're seeing in doing to try and get the staffing group aligned around where it needs to go as we head into this kind of phase two period
2: yeah i think um phase two is an interesting sort of description really because you know i think you and may have discussed it before neil that we we believe with it within our business that we're already in phase three, really. And phase one was the um, the shock of what was happening, seeing the business reduced by 35% pretty much within a week or two, um, having to respond to that, um, trying to understand what the impacts were with our teams. Obviously, with a 35% loss not being Sustainable. We've obviously had to look within the business to how we can get efficiencies. um, As we would class phase two was pretty much understanding the furloughing process, um, dealing with the furloughing. With um, we with with a 35% loss in sales. We obviously had to look at our our, our permanent team, and we've had to furlough a proportion of our team. We've got our head around the furloughing of temporary staff, which. You know, is is not an ideal scenario. It's not easy for us to administer and run, but we've we've mastered it as long as, as, as the same as all of our peer group have. But so so phase two has been really concentrating on furloughing and the issues that that's thrown up, and and that's caused us internal issues. And and the phase three that we class ourselves in, or through one point three, um, is now looking to the future. And luckily or unluckily for us, as Bev talks about, a rolling three month forecast so to so may is the uh, is the end of our financial year so whereas bev was talking about a rolling three-month forecast we're we're embarking on doing a 12-month forecast um i'm sure it'll be subject to change but the, but the good thing about that is it's meant that we've had the ability to engage with all of our clients on how they see their year um, unfolding what changes they see and there's some positives in there and some negatives so i think very much um we have we have looked at the business bouncing back at ninety percent. We've worked it on eighty percent. We've worked it bouncing back in the second half of the year at one hundred percent. So the same as uh, Bev, really. We're working on all sorts of scenarios, but we're also we're also working on the basis of will clients want us arriving at premises? Will they want to meet us? Will that? How do they want to interact with our flexi work? Because when they arrive, the sites? So we, we, we're sort of we're kind of in all sorts of changes to the processes that we currently operate or we've operated forever and a day where you know, worker comes to the office is interviewed goes to the client's premises is met and inducted in a group induction all of these things now are looking video digitized so the challenge ahead is one of breaking the the mold of what we've always done really so as you can imagine you know it's zoom call after zoom call after zoom call so um I would echo what Bev's saying there. It's a variety of scenarios.
1: It's interesting though that what we draw from both of you on this discussion is how important that ongoing discussion with clients is about the 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 kind of demands that, that, that you're likely to see and how you uh and how you react to that. Um Bev, we we'll just sort of move to begin to uh, wrap up the pod now. And I think there's probably a couple of questions that's that are on my mind. One of those is, we talked about scenario planning, and there are as many scenarios as there are pieces of paper to write them on right now. Um, what's your sense of where we are in terms of waiting for the, where the market is now and waiting for a, a stronger upturn? And if you were, for instance, uh, occupying the MD's chair at a a smaller agency, what one piece of advice would you give them for navigating that?
0: Well, um, thanks for the the question, um, Neil. I think, you know, I, I find myself kind of going over this again and again and again and almost... You have to stop doing that. I think the key here, really, is because it it can be paralyzing um, to constantly try and replan and replanning. And I think what you have to do is trust, you know, your instincts and your people. So really make sure. Jeremy's talked about it. I've talked about it. You know, talk to your people on a regular basis. What are they hearing? What are the clients saying? You know, what are governments saying? You know, what are you know organizations, industry bodies like REC? You know, sharing um, with us, and therefore, you know, what that, what kind of picture is that giving us? What do we need to do? Um, you know, where where should our efforts really be focused right now? Uh, and and I think really strongly, don't get distracted. Um, you know, do what you're really good at, what you're really well known for, um, and and you know, keep close to your people, make sure they understand what's going on, keep close to your clients, make sure they know you're there for them. Um, And, you know, if they get into difficulty, they can talk to you quickly and you can react fast. So I think being agile by being really well informed, I think, is key here.
1: Thanks. And in terms of um, where we are now, I know, Jeremy, you've said to me in the past that you've started to see a bit of a recovery in the numbers uh, over the last few weeks. But how do you think that plays out and and what would your one piece of advice be?
2: Our numbers have have grown week on week, probably for the last four weeks now. We are hearing positive noises from a lot of clients. We're, we're fairly exposed within the automotive sector, which, as everybody knows, is completely shut down. So we, we wait to see some positives there. Um, but I, I think, you know, I think I, I said to you over the Easter weekend that I felt we'd hit the bottom and that, that has proved to be the case. So we are we are slowly growing back. And I think. I think when you you say um the bit of advice for for an md of a smaller business i mean this this for my sins is the third recession that i've been through with within the staffing group we started in 92 which wasn't particularly great um and then obviously we had the economic crash of the uh, 2008 2009 and and so for me if there, having been having started a business from zero and then been where we were 10 or 12 years ago the 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 thing that I am doing on a daily basis is making sure that my senior team, my direct reports, which will filter throughout the business, um, that they're with me, they're motivated. We have a shared common goal, and exactly like Beth said, to stay to stay focused on what you're good at, to stay agile, and and the, and the critical thing is is making sure that that the clients know where you are um, and that you're in regular contact with them because. The worst thing in the world in situations like this is to have worked for months and months and months, and then start incurring bad debts. We credit insure. I've told you that before, and um, we, you know we we spend so much time talking to our credit insurers and working with them, and and working with our clients if there's issues, um, because you know while sales are declining, uh, and bills are still there to be paid, bad debts just add an enormous amount enormous amount of stress. So. I think for me, it's, it's managing, making sure that your direct reports are with you and are up for the fight as much as you are, and just really staying close to your clients. And, uh, and as Bev said, concentrate on what you've always been good at, because um, you wouldn't be in this you wouldn't be in the business if if you weren't good at doing your specific sector. So, but you know, opportunities will come out of this at the other end, and I think. You know, it, it's, it's too early for people to be sitting, talking positive tones of what the world will be like the other side, because, you know, we've got we've got some clients that are going through a world of pain. We're going through a world of pain, as, as, as most of us are. But I think, as you said earlier, you, you know, you're hearing positives about from the from the temp recruitment side and, and the perm recruitment side will bounce as well. So I think, it, you know, we have to deal with that head on because the opportunities will present themselves.
1: Well, thank you, Bev and Jeremy, for joining us on the REC podcast today. And two uh, really interesting perspectives there from uh, businesses in different parts of of the industry, blue collar and uh, IT and technology. But very similar themes about leadership and getting a business aligned in a time like this, both in terms of uh, getting your team on board and getting close to clients, but also planning for the future in terms of thinking about the different scenarios. And if you'd like to think about that for your own business. A couple of uh, uh, good episodes of the pod just recently, episode 11 with uh, Ray Newton-Smith, the CBI's chief economist, looking at you know what the path ahead for the market might be. And episode 12 uh, with Penny DeValk, looking at crisis leadership. Both really good listens with people who have real insight to share that will be uh, interesting to you as you think about how you take your own business forward. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the REC podcast. I'll look forward to joining you again soon with another episode. Have a great rest of your day and do keep in touch with your REC.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you found this episode helpful. Head to our COVID-19 hub on www.rec.uk.com forward slash COVID-19 for the latest guidance on managing your business during these unprecedented times.